Have you ever heard of an armchair quarterback? It means someone has an opinion but doesn't necessarily participate in the sport. But it also means that they care enough about the sport to discuss it and try to make it better. In our basketball world, we call this cardboard box seats. We see the game from afar like true fans, but we always show up with the same intensity as if we were at the games ourselves. We don't have the money or the connections like the other talking heads on TV, but we do have some ideas which might seem too out there, and honestly we've got opinions which might change. Either way, we have fun, so come and watch the game with us from our cardboard box seats. Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Cardboard Box Seats. Uh, we're going to start out today with some uh, fun jokes. So, just about the NBA. First joke being the Hornets. Wow. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's too soon. It's always too soon to make fun of my team. <laughs> hey, I like the Hornets too. <laughs> so, it's okay for me to make fun of them then. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's self-deprecation. Yeah. I, I got an NBA basketball joke. You ready? Let's hear it. Wh- what's the difference between the Miami Heat and the dollar bill? I don't know. You can still get four quarters out of a dollar bill. Ooh. Bro, that's savage. That is savage. Did you hear the Hawks don't have a website? What? How do they not have a website? They can't string together three Ws. Oh my gosh. That is ridiculous. (laughs) This is the roast of the NBA. Hosted by Nick and Gabe for Cardboard Box Seats. Shout out Comedy Central. We'll be on there soon. (laughs) That's going to be where we're at. Yeah. Or Netflix. We have a comedy special on Netflix where we just read jokes that aren't original. That'd be great. (laughs) That we find on Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. What should you do if you find three Los Angeles Lakers fans buried up to their neck in cement? Tell me. Get more cement. (laughs) And these are savage. This one's pretty bad. This this one right here. If Shaquille O'Neal was a shade of blue, he would be Shaquille (laughs) O'Teal. That's bad. That's just a real bad one. What's the difference between a son's fan and a baby? I don't know. The baby will stop whining after a while. Yikes. Big yikes. What does a Miami Heat fan do when his team has won the NBA Finals? I don't know. He turns off his Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right, last one. Go for it. You got one? Why couldn't Kobe pass the first grade? Oh gosh. What? (laughs) He couldn't pass the test. Oh my gosh. I knew it was going to be a pass joke. Anyway, so I hope you enjoyed those jokes. Hopefully we'll have some more jokes kind of scattered throughout the episode. We'll, we'll try to be original with those as well. But yeah, so we actually got a lot to talk about. and A lot of this is pretty fun. So, And I think a lot of these we'll also have some differing opinions on. So I'm excited to talk about it. Starting off, let's let's keep our listeners relevant. So as we talked about in one of the past episodes, LeBron James was trying to get a trademark for Taco Tuesday. So he could use the phrase, only he could use the phrase, tacos were not safe anywhere. No tacos are safe. Unless they're on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. On yeah. Tuesday, can't say the word tacos. Taco Bell actually said they would have to close down legally because of it. Really? No. Oh, that was good. That was good. You got me real good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that ended up not being able to happen. So tacos are safe. Taco Tuesdays are safe. He can still yell it out at the top of his lungs on social media, but he cannot trademark it. But the good news is we can also still yell it out at the top of our lungs on social media. That's true. Or wherever. Yeah, because I don't think we, we didn't have a section in our budget to allow for copyright for Taco Tuesday. 
That's true. That's true. We've been working on a lot of other things, getting copywritten. So yeah, write it, write it, written, did it, rootin, rootin. Okay, yeah, copy rootin. Gotcha, gotcha. Copy rootication. Nick, why don't you talk about Joe uh, Joe Johnson? Good old Joe Johnson. All right, so Joe Johnson. Um, for those of you who don't know, he was a, a player in the Big Three, which is kind of just like another basketball league, I guess you could call it for for people who want to play basketball outside of the NBA. Uh, it's founded by Ice Cube. And Joe Johnson is one of the players who signed with the big three. The, the main the main thing about the big three is they just have three players on the team on the court at a time versus another team. And you can sub people in and out. So and it's, it's half court. It's essentially like a three on three tournament or a season of three on three basketball. Yeah, it's shorter games, um, shorter season, everything like that. The team he was on was the triplets and they actually won the uh, big three championship this past year. Yeah, and, and I think he got a lot of, he, he was always a good player before then, people recognize it, but I think after consistently showing out in this league, uh, there was a lot more talk about him, like there were some NBA teams that were like, okay, we might be interested. The crazy thing is he just joined the big three this year, mm-hmm. so he, he's only been in it for, he joined in March, so he's only been in it for a couple months, and in that time he became the big three MVP, helped win the championship. He's kind of been out of the out of the NBA for a couple months now. Just uh, no team signed him. He originally he was drafted by the Celtics in two thousand one at number ten, and then played for six different teams, ending with the Rockets last year, and then signed with the Big Three in March. Then a bunch of other teams noticed, like you said, and the Pistons actually signed him to a to a deal this year. That's pretty crazy. I'm excited to see him for sure. Yeah. Um, his his nickname is Iso Joe, so I think based on nicknames alone, that should definitely help. Yeah, that's a cool nickname. Yeah, and if they do the throwback nickname jerseys, that would be pretty Ooh, cool. That would be cool. I'm always a fan of nickname jerseys. Yeah, um, and a lot of people now are saying, should NBA players who haven't been signed yet go to the big three, kind of like swallow their pride, go to the big three, and then continue to be able to play? And then possibly be able to sign for a team again next year. Mm-hmm. The main main one they're talking about there is Carmelo Anthony. Right. I mean, it's it's definitely good for the player's image because I mean, it clearly shows that he's still driven and he's not just kind of sitting around doing nothing. He's putting time and effort into it, and I think that's what most people liked about Joe Johnson. That I mean, he was going all out in some of these games. I was able to watch the championship. He was he was definitely one of the more consistent players on the court. Um, I don't know if that's because he was a little bit. I mean, he was obviously younger than some of the other guys on there, but he was he was very very efficient. And they play up to fifty. It's like first to fifty, win by two, so fifty points. And I think he scored like around twenty of those. Wow. Yeah. So it's a lot, but I mean, he's a great player. I so Joe. Yeah, like you're saying it. You have to kind of show that you're out there, and yeah. Instagram videos only do so much. Yeah, I mean, you can see, you can do a fancy shake and bake and make one shot off one leg, but like, yeah, that's that's what five seconds. Okay, cool. Where's yeah. where's the rest of the the training session? Yeah. Exactly. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, on a sad note, Sean Livingston retired. It was a sad day when we found that out. So I'll give you some some background about Sean Livingston, and I'll give you my kind of general opinion about Sean. So he was drafted in 2004. Uh, he was number four in the first round by the, the Los Angeles Clippers, and he had a knee injury in 2007 where he injured almost, it's pretty much the entire knee. He tore the ACL, the PCL, 
the lateral meniscus. He sprained his MCL and dislocated his patella as well as his tibiofibular joint. So what I just described to you in anatomical terms is the knee to the ankle. That is everything in the knee and the ankle. That is everything about stability. You need that, clearly, to play basketball. And this this was a big deal because when he went to the hospital, one of the doctors there said that there was a chance that his leg would have to be amputated. Now, I cannot imagine being in this situation to work so hard to get into the NBA and then have something happen where your knee is injured and then a doctor come in and say, listen, bud, your knee, your leg might be have to be removed essentially yeah which ruins obviously an nba career especially being three years in right exactly yeah but good news is that didn't actually have to happen he was able to keep his leg and obviously there was a long road of recovery there was like months of physical rehabilitation but i'm sure with that comes kind of that mental and emotional side of things where you kind of got to get in your mindset but he's he's always been one of those kind of strong mental guys and he's he's pretty quiet too he doesn't say a whole lot but yeah anyway he was riddled by uh, some more injuries during the first three years of his career he ended up missing somewhere around like 100 games out of 246 uh, which is crazy to think about um, and he, bound, he ended up bouncing around like 10 teams from 2008 until he finally signed with the Warriors in July 2014 which is where I first heard of him he ended up winning three NBA titles with the Warriors So whenever I was watching the NBA Finals, and I distinctly remember this, during like the whole, the Warriors blow 3-1 lead year, um, I was so worried when Sean Livingston touched the ball, because whenever he touched the ball, he he somehow got a shot off, and it always went in. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was like him and Andre Iguodala were were killing it compared to all the other starters. Yeah. And I would get, I was getting so frustrated because... Sean Livingston would check in, and, and then the Cavs would put in uh, Matthew Deldevella. It's like, okay, well, this is not good. <laughs> the Warriors <laughs> have a really good player right now, and then the Cavs throw in, like, arguably their worst on the team. So, but hey, <laughs> we were able to work it out. But that being said, he was still a walking bucket. Regular season, playoffs, NBA, wild stuff. He always came in, in clutch times, for sure. Oh, yeah. He was waived by the Warriors in July of 2019, so this past summer, and no one picked him up, which I'm a little bit surprised by, considering kind of how efficient, how consistent he was. Um, And he officially retired September 13th. Yeah, I think his age definitely played into that. He's 34 right now. No one probably wanted, I mean, unless you want like a veteran to help lead the team, but he's asking too much. I don't know, but he retired. He said it was a sad day for him as well. Yeah. That's pretty wild. He'll, I'll, I'll definitely remember that name for sure. Sean the Sheep Livingston. Oh, wow. Patent pending. <laughs> Patent pending. So, just to keep everyone in the loop, it is officially 35 days until the NBA regular season. Nick, are you excited? I'm very excited. Can you tell the tone of my voice? No, I can't. Yeah, let's go. 35 days. <laughs> there we go. 35 days. 35, number of KD's jersey. Whoa, we're going we're gonna to talk about his New Jersey later. But first, let's talk about this whole FIBA thing. There's a lot to talk about. There is. So, where do you want to start? There's a, there's a lot. Let's just start from the top. So, FIBA is a basketball game. No. <laughs> <laughs> FIBA is a basketball game. A basketball game involves a basketball. <laughs> so, FIBA, the World Cup, 
Um, it, it came to a close. We've been talking about it for a while. The whole issues that Team USA has had because some players, some of the big name players didn't want to attend out of reasons that they say are to prepare in the off season, but I'm sure it's to, to remain healthy and stuff like that to protect themselves, which is, there's no, there's no judgment against that in my opinion. What do you think? It's their body. Right. Yeah. I think that as well. So they got to, I mean, they got to support their investment. If they're investing in their body and they want to make sure they're able to go out there and prepare for the season, then yeah, or just not get injured in the off season. So, right. So we'll start with uh, Team USA. So they made it through the pool play. They made it through the secondary pool play. And they ended up getting into the, the, the elimination game, the bracket. So their first game in the bracket style. So it's single elimination from obviously the winner's bracket. But they still play for like seventh place and ninth place, et cetera, et cetera. So USA ended up uh, losing to France in the first elimination game. Yeah. By like 10 points. Um, were you surprised by this? I knew it was going to be a close game. I didn't think 10 points, though. Like, that's kind of, I thought it would be a little closer than that. Yeah. But it's pretty cool to see um, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell get to play against each other as teammates now. So That's true. I'm sure they were, they were kind of chirping at each other, too. Oh, yeah. You got to. Yeah. And I think Miles Turner actually ended up throwing shade at Rudy Gobert before the game. But a lot of people, once they lost, a lot of people definitely gave him some humble pie to eat on. <laughs> <laughs> Because Miles Turner basically wasn't there. And Rudy Gobert played like a monster as he had been throughout the whole tournament. Yeah. I think the biggest thing in that game was, and kind of the whole tournament style for Team USA, was just the the shooting. It was it was terrible. Some some games, it was like 3 for 12 for one player. I think it was Donovan Mitchell went 3 for 12. And then Kimball Walker one game went, I believe, 0 for 8 or 0 for 5 or something like that. So it was just like... Uh, so inconsistent right, yeah yeah and you can't you kind of need to be consistent which is surprising because usually these are kind of these are more of the consistent players so they went to play for fifth place after losing to france team usa played serbia and lost again so yikes back to back back to back losses yeah i think that was yeah. that was the first and like yeah crazy i think ever yeah, yeah ever yeah serbia was a very very strong team for me looking at the roster i had them winning it all especially with bogdanovich he was shooting crazy high percentage from three it was ridiculous and then obviously nikola jokic who was coming off the bench i think you told me that he was coming off the bench yeah <laughs> i was like what uh, but he was still get like getting close to a triple double and stuff like that so that's pretty crazy um and then finally usa ended up getting seventh place after defeating poland way to go guys yeah but i mean seventh place they now they know what they need to do improvements they need to make and stuff like that going into the olympics next year so here's a question for you so let's say you're in charge of making the roster for team usa for the olympics in tokyo and I think 2020 was that. I guess it's coming. Yep. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, next year. You obviously, for the FIBA tournament, got a lot of uh, players saying no, they didn't want to come. Do you go to the players that said yes for this FIBA tournament first? Or do you still go to those bigger name players? I say you just keep it open. I mean, yes, there's some aspect of it where you need to have like respect the loyalty for the people who who did step up i guess essentially this for this FIBA tournament but then like i i say just open tryouts for pretty much anyone who wants to make it in and then just equal opportunity for everyone to battle it out Mm -hmm. because i don't think like anyone should be seen as a better player than someone else going into it until they prove otherwise 
Well, in a way, they kind of have, you know. Um, I mean, they invited James Harden, Anthony Davis, C.J. McCollum. These are all, like, kind of big-name players, and they ended up getting people like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Miles Turner. So I, I definitely think that there will be sort of I obviously think they're gonna they're gonna pick the higher caliber players to represent the Olympics of course yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of stay the course and say no I'd rather keep my health instead of winning a gold medal you know what I mean that's true but one thing we have to know is like yes team USA can like can has potential to be a very strong team if you get all those people like LeBron Anthony Davis Steph Curry all them on a team together right but you got to think about how strong other teams are now. Like, and it, it's just shown how, how big basketball has kind of blown up yeah. recently with all these uh, international teams stepping up. And even like just the international amount of international players in the league right now, it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. it's, it's great. I, I think it's, it's great. And I think the NBA yeah. teams need to take note. I saw someone said on Twitter, I believe, that after the whole Team USA fiasco, it made a lot of people realize that FIBA is now – or the NBA, excuse me. So the NBA is no longer the center of basketball. So it's more international instead of just just the United States, which which I totally agree with. And I think teams like the Suns or the Hornets or kind of those lower tier teams need to start looking at some of these players that came out. And they're like, yeah, I mean, a lot of these are they're signed, but they're in the Euro League or they're in um. South American, the Australian League, stuff like that. But there's a lot of great players out there. And if they kind of want to push themselves over the edge to kind of make a push for the playoffs, I'm sure those players would love to get a chance to play in the NBA. But only time will tell. (laughs) And it shows how much like uh, love for the NBA is out there or just basketball in general because they're Adam Silver and, and the league has started having games like in China and India now, um, this upcoming season, London, stuff like that. So, and fans come out like crazy to those. So, absolutely, I think it's it's good for the league for sure. It's good for basketball in general. Oh yeah, um, you want to talk about the final for FIBA? Yeah. So the final, Argentina versus Spain. Did you expect this at all? No, it's like soccer. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the World Cup of soccer. It's FIFA, not FIBA. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little mixed up there. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't expect Argentina to be in there at all, but the Golden Age Argentinian Luis Scola, who I remember as having the the long mullet with the the skinny headband, he he came back. His head was clean cut. He <laughs> definitely got a haircut, and he <laughs> showed out in a lot of games. And he was he like he's like forty now, isn't he? He's I believe thirty nine. So he he turns forty in the next couple of months. So he's really close. But, yeah. I mean, he made, oh, man, it was ridiculous. Pretty sure he, he just torched Serbia, and then he he had a pretty big big role in France as well, against France, excuse me. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Spain ended up winning, which, I mean, I don't know. Looking looking at the roster, I could kind of see it, but. I mean, they, they have a pretty stacked team, with like Pau. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark Gasol and then uh, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a bunch of other players. Those are just two big-name ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, Harding Gomez from the Hornets. He, he played oh, exceptionally true. well. Yeah. I wonder why Pau didn't want to play. They could have the Gasol brothers on the team together. Well, he just had something going on with his knee the past season. So, I think health-wise, I don't think he could have done it. Okay. But, yeah, so Spain won. Ricky Rubio got the MVP. 
He he kind of dedicated it to his mom who had passed away about three years ago. He said very some very heartfelt things like she's she was always uh, driving him and she still is. This was for her essentially, but he he showed out during that game for sure. He gave us some classic Ricky Rubio. <laughs> oh yeah, he can be a sleeper at times. Oh yeah, he's he's one of those old school point guards who doesn't show up as far as points go a lot nights but he is very very good at getting assists and getting people the ball where they can score yeah so um the all FIBA starting five were Fournier from from France uh, Gasol and Rubio from Spain Bogdanovic I was talking about earlier from Serbia and then Luis Gola from Argentina and that was it was fun to watch this tournament for me at least was it was a lot more fun to keep up with because the U.S. wasn't blowing people out. <laughs> yeah. It was more competitive. Even the playing field a little bit there. But yeah, it definitely, it was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So Nick, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. A lot of people were disappointed in the performance of both Serbia and Greece, uh, mainly because they had two very, very big big stars on that team. Serbia had Jokic and Greece had the Freak. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, the media was not kind. Let's put it that way. They said that, as the, especially to, to Giannis, um, the, the Greek freak. He said they said that as the reigning MVP, he should have he should have showed out and kind of put his team on his back. Do you think that's fair for all the all the pressure to be on him in that situation? I don't think so. I, personally, I, I mean, that's what happens when you kind of like. I don't know how recruiting went for Greece if they like turned people away or not. Just putting all their hope in uh, the Greek freak. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's fair to put all the pressure on him because there's coaching that goes into it, uh, the recruiting just from the country itself. But I mean, he, he having the reigning MVP title does add that extra pressure to it. And the media definitely can, can be ruthless at times about it all. Oh, yeah, sure. My thoughts, it's a team sport. Yeah, yep. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> There's a, it's not one on one. It's not the big one. It's not the big three. Yeah. <laughs> it's the big five. <laughs> so I, he, when when he lost, he ended up like kind of storming off and not giving any any comments to the press. Do you think that was? Do you think that was good for his image, or do you think he should have said at least something? Personally, I don't like it when anyone does that. Like just like NBA finals and stuff like that, or, or when someone loses like a playoff game. Like I'm, I've just never been a fan of someone storming off. I feel like you kind of need to give the other team some respect and just go up there, shake some hands, and then you can leave. Like you don't have to do a press conference or anything like that, but just show some respect the other team. Yeah, I mean that that's a great point. The the team beat you. You should respect them enough to at least shake their hand. Yeah. So do you think? So this is kind of this is kind of double sided. So you have players like Willie Hernan Gomez on the Spain team who he was playing very, very well, but he hasn't really performed that well in the NBA. And then on the other side, you have people like Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, and even to some extent, kind of Miles Turner, who essentially laid an egg as far as performance goes. So do you think this is going to, do you think they're going to right the ship? And like, as far as those last three that I mentioned, do you think they're going to kind of improve on the offseason? Or is this kind of an omen of what's to come, especially for the Celtics team? Well, it makes you kind of wonder, like, are they going as hard as they will during the regular season? And it goes back to what you were saying about having that, like, it's not a one-person team. So if, I mean, you're doing really well now and during the FIBA tournament, but, like, you go back home and your your NBA team, like, is garbage and your supporting cast there doesn't help you at all, then mm-hmm. it definitely makes it harder for you. So, yeah. I see. Yeah, 
that's a, that's a really good point for sure. So, I mean, I hope, I hope that the Celtics do well. Um, I mean, I just, just for competition wise, but. Oh yeah. I hope they do do well as well because uh, I have them pretty high in my playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do good. <laughs> so give us some quotes. Um, yeah. So a lot of people have had stuff to say. Everyone has been talking about Team USA. Um, including us. Including us. Yes. <laughs> um, Twitter, us, Coach Pop. So. Uh, Greg Popovich, the head coach of the Spurs, was also the head coach for the Team USA. And this is actually one of the first times that he was the head coach because um, previously it was Duke's head coach. Um, coach and, K. Yeah, Coach K. He stepped down and then uh, Coach Pop stepped up and started started doing the coaching for Team USA this past summer um, with a lot of other big name coaches as assistant coaches. Um, so he... Personally, he said he was couldn't be more more prouder of uh, the twelve guys that came out there this summer. Said they've never played together, so that was kind of difficult for them. And um, it's not that the U.S. didn't have other guys. There's no such thing as the other guys, and there are only these guys who are here. And they did a great job, and I'm proud of them. So a little heartfelt moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he was blowing smoke. I, I no. think he genuinely meant that. He's he's one of those guys that he's going to say what he means, and he means what he says. And I think that was that was very, very, for lack of better words, diplomatic of him to say that for that team. Yeah. Then you got uh, other people like the basketball man- managing director, Jerry Colangelo, uh, said comments like, uh, of the 35 people who initially uh, started out for the tournament, only four ended up on the final roster, which kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And he said, in regards to the future rosters, it's it's as much about maybe who we don't want there as who we want, so... He was not happy with all the people who who didn't stick around and stuff like that. So yeah, he was kind of kind of bashing, I guess, the team in that regards. But but you know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy that he was able to. Uh, he kind of had the the gall to say that. But when, when all said and done, you know, he's gonna ask like James Harden instead. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, job security for him. I mean, if, yeah. if Team USA is losing every game, then he's not gonna have a job much right. longer. So he's of course he's gonna ask the big name people. Yeah. So yeah, that's how that's how Team USA ended up. Um, the other countries as well ended up in the FIBA tournament. Um, congratulations to Ricky Rubio and Spain. Yeah, they deserved it for sure. They played their hearts out, no doubt about that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how the other teams do in rebuilding and stuff like that. Looking out for next summer with uh, Tokyo. So that's right, the Olympics. That's right. I'm excited to watch yeah. the Olympics. I'm a big Olympics guy. Do you like the Olympics? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's nothing like just the unity that a country has. Like when the Olympics come, it's I, I don't know. There's nothing better. Like I would I I would <laughs> I got an American flag and I attached it to the back of my Jeep and I just <laughs> like drive to class and stuff with it on there. America, USA. <laughs> so do you like the winter or the summer more as far as Olympics um, go? Not just seasons. I'm more of a summer guy just because I like more of the summer sports. Yeah, I'm not a big ice dancing fan, so that's why I prefer the summer games for sure. And there's basketball. Figure skating, you mean? It's called ice dancing. Is it? Yeah, it is. Is it two different things? Or I'm pretty sure it's figure skating. Ice dance competition at the 2018 Winter Olympics. Wow. Is it different than figure skating? Uh, Yeah, I guess it is. I don't know the difference. Weird. (laughs) Yeah, the Summer Olympics definitely has more, like, funner sports, in my opinion. Yeah, more funner for sure. Absolutely. Definitely, yeah. (laughs) Sound like Coach Popovich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More prouder. So let's talk about this whole Kevin Durant thing. Oh, man. In our notes, we have this section titled 
Kevin Durant drama llama. <laughs> so I'll give you I'll kind of give you the background of what we're going to talk about real quick. So recently, not so recently, always Kevin Durant has drama. Yeah, that's true. Kevin Durant always has drama. Let's be honest, but he does it to himself. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave an exclusive to Wall Street Journal. Uh, and this was his first kind of article slash interview since his Achilles tear in the finals this past year. And it just highlights how he's doing physically, mentally, emotionally, all the above. Mainly emotionally. Mainly emotionally. They He talked about a couple of kind of not, not shallow things, but like kind of, I guess, purely basketball things. And you talk, he, he changed his jersey number from number 35 when he was on the Warriors to number seven. Um, when he's going to be on the Brooklyn Nets. And he said it was because it stands for completion in the Bible. God rested on the seventh day after creating heaven and earth. And that, that's what that's what his reasoning was, which is, which is interesting. I didn't think he would put kind of that illusion type mentality or type thought process behind picking a number, but it's interesting for sure. 35 he also had when he was on the Thunder too. So this is mm-hmm. like first number change in the league. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty big. As a side note, I saw that when the Knicks play the Nets at the Nets' home, they're giving away 10,000 Kyrie Irving jerseys, kind of just to stick it to the the Knicks that they couldn't sign Kyrie Irving. Wow. (laughs) It's a big move. That is a big move. Are are we going to that game? Yeah, we're we're going to to the Barclay Center. (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah, that that would be great. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, he said some other interesting things like, he didn't fit with the Warriors. He felt like the odd man out, and he couldn't trust anyone at OKC. What do you think about those comments? It's like, So kind of expanding on that, he said he didn't fit with the Warriors because everyone else was pretty much drafted there, or this was like their final spot mm-hmm. um, before they retired. So I don't know. And then with the, uh, the Thunder, he just felt like he couldn't trust anyone there. And he said, like, I had dreams to come back to the OKC, but after the way they treated me, uh, I never want to go back, and I, I I don't like it there anymore. Right. And personally, I just think it's this, like, woe is me mentality. Oh, like, yeah. Like, he fit in well with the Warriors when he wanted to. I mean, there was definitely some friction between Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant, but, like, that could have been easily worked out. And then thinking about OKC, like, he kind of did it to himself by telling everyone that he was planning on re-signing with the Thunder meeting with the Warriors, and then signing with the Warriors and not telling anyone. Or I think he told West, Russell Westbrook over text. I don't I don't think he even told him. Really? Yeah, I, don't, I think he just completely, he, he, he met with Westbrook and said, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm sticking with the Thunder. And then he immediately signed with the Warriors and then nothing happened. Yeah. So it's kind of, he kind of did it to himself. Just, I mean. There's no kind of about it. He absolutely yeah, did it he to did. himself. <laughs> like, and I like Kevin Durant. I think he's a great player. He's definitely a dominant player. But like when it comes to this drama stuff, it's like, you just got to take a look at him. Like you definitely did it to yourself. So there's no, like you're throwing a pity party for yourself. Yeah. But he's kind of known to do this. So it's nothing new as far as Kevin Durant goes. He's always had those kind of responding to people with 25 followers on twitter in the comment section it's like dude come on (laughs) what are you doing he's just trying to stay relevant during this off injured off season instead of focusing on his injury he's focusing on his emotions (laughs) uh he said some other things like some days i hate the nba he kind of explains that it's like i hate that the players let the the business and the fame um alter their minds about the games sometimes he just doesn't like being around the executives and the politics that come with that I don't know. I just, these are not things you want to hear from someone on your team. 
It's, I mean, there's definitely players who go out there and would meet with the front office and stuff like that. And then there's other players who just show up and play. So it's like, it really all depends what type of player you want to be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he's, if he's in there and there's a bunch of drama, all it takes is just like step aside. Like yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to be a part of the drama. Right. Unless you're a drama llama. Kevin Durant drama llama. Kevin Durant drama llama and his red pajama. His mama is the real MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. That's who yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, this this is a, this is kind of one of my interesting quotes that I had. Kevin Durant was giving um, kind of like a, a question and answer session at a Google retreat in Sicily, and during that session, someone asked him like, "What made Kevin Durant so great?" The the article describes it coolly. Durant replied, "Paranoia." Interesting, and I think this kind of gives us insight into how he views himself as well as how he views others around him. Also, it kind of has like a comparison between him and the Hulk. So like, <laughs> the Hulk. <laughs> it's like, I'm always angry. I'm always, I'm always paranoid. paranoid. <laughs> what was that? Did you hear that? <laughs> Who's there? But I don't think that. <laughs> Kevin Durant, hello? <laughs> um, so I think for Kevin Durant, it shows like how he views himself. He's, he doesn't have a lot of self-confidence, but it also, I mean, it, it casts negative light on those around him as well and, the, and how he views them because it's like, well, if I'm afraid of these players, I'm not going to, I'm not going to trust them essentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like so, every team now he's been on, he's kind of dashed it. So it's like, what is that going to say in three years when he leaves the nets or however long it takes before him to leave the nets? Like, Right. And if he wants to sign with another team, I, I definitely think that office front office is going to take that into consideration before signing him. I mean, well, to an of, extent, yeah, they're yeah. definitely just going to want the dominant dominant player in him, right? As, yeah, as long as they can set set aside all the drama, llama, the llama drama. Yeah, one of the things that I was taught um, as far as job interviews goes was if they ask you about your previous company, you never talk bad about your previous company. So, right. I mean, if I were to hire Kevin Durant. This would be a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes it kind of hard when your uh, whole life is being played out on TV. Or, yeah, that's or true. In, in the media. So yeah, you got to be careful what you say. And that's how the Kardashians feel too. Yeah. Except who has more drama, Kardashians or Durant? I'm going to say Durant or the whole NBA. No, I'm going to say the Kardashians. I think he is equivalent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> equivalent to the drama. Should we bring in Tristan Thompson to be on Kevin Durant's team? Or Yikes. <laughs> Big yikes. <laughs> so one crazy comment Kevin Durant said during the uh, whole interview. He, he said, I will always shoot the ball. Choking is not shooting the ball. If I miss, it's not my fault. It's the environment or it's someone else's fault. And at first that sounded arrogant, but if you think about it, it makes sense. Choking is not shooting. Let me, let me give a resounding response. What? It still sounds arrogant. I mean, it sounds arrogant, but it's like it. It's he's blaming the environment. It's not his yeah. fault. Like what? Yeah. It absolutely, is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> You're paid millions of dollars to shoot the basketball and to make it in every yeah. time. Like if you miss, it's it's your fault, one hundred percent. So I don't know if this has happened, but I would I'd be curious to see if like he made a game winning shot and the interview said, "So what do you think about the environment today? <laughs> did, did it really propel you to win this?" So does it go both ways? Like, does yeah. the environment help you win as well? Help you shoot the ball well? I feel like it it should, if based on the comment, based on his logic, it should. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I think wherever Kevin Durant goes, drama will follow. Um, and it's perfect that Kyrie Irving's on the team now, so there's going to be so much drama. Big yikes. It, it is sad that Kevin Durant is injured, so it's not like they can both like start out the season really strong with all the drama and playing really hard. But Yeah, I, oh man, it's, it's going to be a drama-filled Barclays Stadium. That's you know funny. what I forgot? What? DeAndre Jordan's on that team. Yeah. Just, let's just throw that back out there. Yeah. Like, Don't crazy. forget about him. Yeah. That's <laughs> right, funny. So, Nick, any other comments about uh, old Kevin Durant? No, not pretty much covers it. I mean, he said he's dramatic, so. Yep. Oh, man. He's a snake. That's what some people say. So what everyone says on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except his one KD account which is him yeah. but it's also like his biggest fan it's which is his mom so there's two kevin durant accounts him and his mom it's true that's funny all right round us out give us that fun fact so fun fact for today um back in the day the nba teams used to wear wow white jerseys at home and they'd wear like a darker jersey while they were um playing away games and the reason for this is because they didn't have laundry facilities for the away teams so they'd have to um, wear the darker ones to hide dirt and stuff like that. Wow, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know about that. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Crazy, gross, but I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very disgusting. Well, cool. So that, that rounds up our our episode for this week. As always, don't forget to subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have something, if you got like a hot take, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. So anything else, Nick? That's it. Yeah. If you want to uh, talk to us on Twitter, Instagram, we're on both of those cardboard box seats. Give us a follow. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's it. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya.